welcome back to the Touchdown Rundown and to our little series on the NFL schedule release. Can we can we call it a series if we're two episodes in, Tony? I think we've hit the we've had enough episodes where we can call it a series. I think so. Okay, yeah, so episode two in. Maybe we'll do a quick little third one tomorrow about Thursday Night Football or at some point this week. But do you want to pick up with, with Monday Night Football? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Okay, so Monday Night Football. We get the greatest Monday Night Football game possibly ever. A little Denver at Seattle action. Of course, we talked about this yesterday when we did our AFC analysis. So we get Russell Wilson returning home to Seattle. I can't wait. It is the most expensive matchup by about... Oh, let me let me look like two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, one hundred fifty actually. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty steep there, but I mean, it makes total sense, right? You got Russ coming back to Seattle. It's just the perfect storyline. Yeah, would you pay three hundred dollars to go see that game? If I was a diehard Seattle fan, I might, but you know, just like an, a standard NFL fan, I do think these tickets are a little bit steep because at the end of the day, yes, the storyline's fantastic but you're also going to see a fairly okay kind of football game. The Seahawks are not going to be anything special. The Broncos are probably going to be significantly better. It should be, I'm not going to say it should be an absolute route uh, by the Broncos, but it should be a fairly dominant performance right out the gate. Speaking of fairly dominant performances, let's hop over week two where we have Tennessee at Buffalo. I would expect that one to be a dominant performance by Buffalo. And we have Minnesota uh, at Philadelphia, so a little bit of a doubleheader on Monday week two. I don't know if I'm ready for a doubleheader on Monday. I I mean I can't say that more football is ever a bad thing, so I'll take it. No, it'll be it'll just be a very crazy Monday. That it'll definitely be a crazy Monday, but it'll be a Monday to look forward to. It'll be something to get me through my classes that day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oof. Sorry, I just just get done with school. I don't want to think about it anymore. Stop bringing it up. Okay, let's go to, to next week where getting schooled will be the New York Giants at, as they play the Dallas Cowboys. So I don't need to go to that one. Yeah, no, I don't think this one really needs to be watched. We all kind of know how this one's going to go. No, that'll be pretty ugly. All right, let's, let's hop on over to week four where we get a much prettier game, Los Angeles at San Francisco. That is the Rams. Really looking forward to that one. Little indiv- divisional game. It'll be an NFC Championship rematch, if you can believe it. And who knows? Maybe we'll see Trey Lance. Yeah. As, so something that we when we kind of talked about, you know, Sunday night football games yesterday. Now we're looking at the Monday night football games. I distinctly remember last year when we were looking at these schedule releases. I was fairly disappointed overall with the with the matchups that they had this year. I'm liking a lot of these matchups a lot more. So kudos to the NFL for doing a lot better already. I think Monday Night Football looks a lot better. I'm not as pumped about Sunday Night Football. I felt Sunday Night Football was better last year. Sunday Night Football had a lot of really, really good games. I'm excited for this year. I don't know. There's like, I feel like we made fun of this, but it's like Patriots Raiders just randomly thrown in there week 14. It just feels like a very disappointing one. Yeah, those were a little bit disappointing. But for the most part, other than that, I thought that there were some pretty decent games that were going to be in there. And not to pick on Las Vegas, but they are next in week five where they'll take on the Chiefs. I actually, yeah. I, I'm excited for that one just because last time the the Raiders played at Kansas City, I think the Raiders got the win, right? I I honestly don't remember. That was a while ago, but I don't expect them to re- repeat if that if that did happen. Yeah, no, fair enough. Now, what I would expect to happen is the Los Angeles Chargers beating Denver. Although I don't know, this one might be a little closer as we turn to Week Six, where we have 
the Chargers hosting the newly minted Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. That game will be just an incredible one. We have a like a lot, we have a lot of primetime AFC West matchups. It should tell you how good that division's going to be. Absolutely, yeah. Week six is going to be just about the timer, even if the Broncos start slow. You know, you're a third of the way through the season at this point. You should be kind of getting into a rhythm. We're going to really start seeing how good this Broncos team is about this. Stuff. I'll make a bold prediction here. That will be for the leading spot in the AFC West. Just I'm calling my shot right here. Like, Kobe, I just called it. That's not a bad take. You know, last year, Kansas City started out real slow, a lot slower than a lot of people expected. They picked it up towards the end, but that very well, I agree. That actually could be a very, very important game down the stretch. Absolutely. And, you know, an unimportant game down the stretch and a team that started slowly and finished slowly. Tony, I think you'll appreciate this one. It's the Chicago Bears as they will be hosted by New England. That's my thoughts on that Monday Night Football game. I, you can give analysis if you want to, but I feel like you, you're a consensus there. Yeah, don't forget you said started slowly, finished slow. With the, don't forget slowly <laughs> the middle as well. They didn't do anything. I don't think they're doing anything. Yeah, no, they won't. It's the Bears. I'm sorry. They're just yep. not good. Here's a uh, okay, so, winning team coming up, though. Yeah, no. So let's look at an, actually a good game, potentially. It'll be the Cincinnati Bengals against the Cleveland Browns. That's a team who finished. Uh, so if, we say, if we're going to start slow, would you be f- finishing fast? Um, Yeah, I guess you could say that. That would make sense. Yeah, so finishing fast, the Cincinnati Bengals, as they'll take on the Cleveland Browns, potentially having Deshaun Watson back in action. It is week eight, though. It is my theory that he will not see the field until week 10. But this could be a very marquee matchup for the the Cleveland Browns, who would potentially be looking at a a really strong playoff run at this point in the season with Deshaun Deshaun back. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, Week, what did we say this was? Week eight? Yeah, this could be the last week of his suspension, so who knows? Uh, potentially his last week of his suspension, if that were to happen, as we kind of talked about yesterday. If you want to go check out that show, we gave a pretty deep, pretty good analysis, I think, of uh, the Deshaun Watson thing that could be going on. But I think this could be a very good game. No, absolutely. I think the ASC North is going to be chock full of really good games. And, oh, look at that. What a coincidence. In Week 9, we have another AFC team, AFC North team playing in prime time on Monday Night Football, and that is the Baltimore Ravens taking on the New Orleans Saints. Tony, I know you're jazzed about the Saints, and you're not super pumped about the Ravens, so you think this one might be a bit of a blowout? I don't want to say a blowout. It really just depends on if Jameis is going to continue to stay healthy for the rest, for an entire year. If they stay healthy, I think the Saints are a a very, a very slept-on team. No, for sure. I'm I'm really excited about the Saints, and I want to see Jameis continue to do well like he did last season. And speaking of, of quarterbacks doing really well last season, Tony, do you know who I'm trying to segue to? I think you're trying to segue to week 14, or November 14th, week 10. Yeah, but what quarterback? What quarterback am I trying to segue to? I'm going to say Jalen Hurts because I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. Absolutely. It's definitely not Carson Wentz. So it'll be the Washington Commanders taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, another NFC East matchup. I'm really excited for this one just because Washington could have the potential to rebound. We know that they were really disappointing last year, both from a quarterbacking perspective and a defensive perspective. I think this one will be a lot of fun, and I'm really excited to see Philadelphia kind of continue to take strides forward. And I honestly think challenge the Cowboys for the division. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is a better version of Lamar Jackson, so sue me if you hate the take. Uh, I think Carson Wentz also did about what I expected him to do last year. I don't think he did poorly looking at his stat line. I'm fairly okay with how he played. Yes, it was scary at times, but at the end of the day, it Terrifying. wasn't bad. Uh, for, I think that it's, he's going to be an upgrade for the Commanders, and I am excited to see how they 
Yeah, it's an expensive upgrade, though. It's like, oh, man, I really I gotta think of something here. It's like having a Prius and then buying a Tesla. Like, you're fine with the Prius, but you can do a little bit better with the Tesla, but the Tesla's really expensive. That's not a bad take, and honestly, I'm very impressed with how quickly you came up with that. <laughs> Thank you. I was trying to do a soda take, but cars cars felt like the layup there. Um, and speaking of layups, I feel like this is going to be a layup for Arizona. It's the San Francisco 49ers playing on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. I, I don't know if it's actually going to be a layup, but I think that that will be an incredibly fun game. It's actually one of the international games that will be hosted in Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. So I am... I really love that the NFL is doing a lot of international games, and I really like that they're doing Mexico games. I think those are going to be just a blast. And I think that the fact that it's two Western teams in particular is going to make the atmosphere there great. Okay, so I like the game. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, I'm taking the 49ers. You're taking the 49ers? I agree. I think that a lot of people are going to be taking the Cardinals in this one. A lot of people are thinking, oh, well, Kyler got hurt last year. That's why the Cardinals fell off. I don't think so. I think that they are going to be about like they kind of ended last year. They're going to be a good, not great team. They kind of lost their identity after they lost to the Packers and lost the undefeated streak. Yes, I'm going to keep writing that until the end of time because Packers were like the most injured I'd ever seen them. Uh, So I do think that Arizona is going to be a kind of a disappointing team, but almost like a little bit of a one-year wonder, if you will, from last season. But I think the Niners are going to be strong. Yeah, just to to maybe, I don't know, soothe all the, the rabid Arizona fans currently listening to the show. I do think that the, the Cardinals are going to improve off of the downward trend last season. I don't think they're going 7-0 and by any means. But I do think Kyler Murray, the reason he played poorly, like I honestly think the reason Russell Wilson tends to play poorly in the back half of the season, is because they have such a physical play style that relies on them running and making moves outside of the pocket. They're going to get hit. They're going to get tackled. So I honestly think that it's just the wear and tear of the season kind of hitting him, and that's why he missed those games. And once he missed those games, he got out of rhythm. The team got out of rhythm. And he, not to... And I don't want to seem like we're taking you apart or anything, but DeAndre Hopkins was also missing in the back half of the season for the Cardinals too. So like they just they were missing a lot of important pieces, and so I, I don't think that the Cardinals are going to be a one hit wonder. I do think that they're going to be an, an OIL playoff team, but I, I definitely don't think they're going to be seven and zero by any means. No, they're definitely not going undefeated for any length of time besides maybe a week or two. Yeah. And speaking of teams that are definitely not going undefeated for a week or two, that's the Pittsburgh Steelers as they play at the Colts Monday, November 28th. That'll be week 12, so it'll be after Thanksgiving. I'm excited for this one, not because I particularly care about the Steelers, but just because I I'm a, I think I'm going to be a big believer in the Colts this season. I really like what they did by getting Matt Ryan. I think he's going to benefit. I think we've forgotten that as a former MVP of the league, what he's going to look like behind a really good offensive line with a strong run game. As Tony pointed out yesterday when we talked about the Colts, wide receiver is a huge concern for them. But I would like to think that Matt Ryan is going to be able to bring, you know, bring a little bit more talent than Carson Wentz had and improve the the, the staff around him. I'm going to be honest, I don't think Matt Ryan is all that much of an improvement from Carson Wentz from a stat perspective. Uh, I think if, if if this were Madden, I would say Carson Wentz is like your, your 83 overall. Matt Ryan's like your 86 overall. Like he's better, he's worth the upgrade, but he's not worth paying an enormous sum of money for him. I don't think he's going to improve this team all that much. I think they're going to be fairly similar to how they were last year. Uh, I'm just not very excited for this game at all because I don't really care about either team, honestly. Oh, you want to play a fun little game? Let's play a fun little game, Tom. I love games. Okay. So who in Madden do you think actually has the higher rating? Who actually has the higher rating? Yeah. Question. I haven't played Madden. It's a fun game, right? 
Um, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz for last year. What if I told you that they are considered below by Teddy Bridgewater? Below Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, I, I, I think I haven't played Madden in a long time. So I don't know who all is rated where, but that would be fairly unbelievable to me. Okay, wait. Okay. So Madden has not updated their team roster. So I found Matt Ryan. Okay. He's a little above Teddy B. Okay. Carson Wentz is well below Teddy B. <laughs> we got a controversy on our hands, I feel like. I, I where where do you think what what do you think Wentz's rating is? You gave him an eighty two? Uh, I eyeballed like an 83. I'd say like a high 70, low 80 would be right. Oh, you are cold. I'm cold. cold. Yeah, you're well, cold. There's no, there's no way I'm too low. There's no chance he's a high 80. So I'm going to go like, what, 74? Oh, you are so money for a second. 73. I could I could hear you saying 74 for a second. I mean 73, 73 for a second, but yeah, no, it's 73. Now, where do you think Ryan is? So if Carson Wentz is 73 and, you're, and Matt Ryan is significantly above, I'm assuming. Yeah, dramatically. I'm going to guess 80, 85. 82. 82. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, so I, I I don't know. Maybe don't put a ton of stock in Madden. I know you're not a huge Madden guy, but I feel like it, he is a bit of a decent upgrade, even if it's not like 10, 10 Madden overall rating points. Yeah, he's decent, but I know he's fairly expensive. So I think, uh, remind me if I'm wrong, I feel like the, the 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 Falcons ended up absorbing a decent amount of Ryan's contract. No, I think they did, but I think he's still pretty expensive. I know no, he'll not, be expensive in the next couple of years for sure. He's not and Wentz expensive, that's for sure. But he's still pretty expensive. Yeah. Well, I feel like the weird thing was is that the Colts then also were eating some of Wentz's salary. So like yeah. like they don't they're paying they're paying a quarterback to not play on their team, but they also have a quarterback playing for relatively cheap i think so i don't know it's confusing football's weird okay let's move on to week 13 where we have the new orleans saints playing at tampa bay i'm excited for this one just because tom brady in tampa bay feels like he can never really beat the saints with any sort of consistency yeah and this is going to be an interesting game because and maybe it's the sean payton curse more than it's the new orleans saints curse because sean payton's gone not the head coach anymore it's a lot of the same team they haven't really done a whole lot as far as i remember they're they're fairly similar to how they were last year, but this, the Saints are always such a good team. They're always so consistent, and we're really going to see if that's more of the team or the coach involved. No, for sure. And speaking of teams where you don't know if it's the team, the coach, the quarterback involved that are consistent and repeatedly good, I feel like Tony knows where I'm going with this one. The New England Patriots are on the road at Arizona in Week 14 on Monday Night Football. I'm I'm intrigued by this one. I feel like it's definitely going to be a New England victory, and I think it'll be fun to kind of watch how Bill Belichick approaches containing uh, Kyler Murray. Yeah, I think this is going to be a, a New England victory. I think it's not going to be quite as good of a game as people are probably thinking, or maybe they're maybe people are sleeping on uh, New England again now that you know Tom Brady's been gone for a couple of years. But New England has slowly been clawing their way back into some of these. Uh, playoff contention races a little bit deeper and deeper every year seems like getting better and better so we're definitely going to have a very good look at how this Patriots team is going to be doing over the next couple years without Tom Brady now that it's been a few years and Bill's had a chance to kind of restock and reload no for sure I I definitely agree I think that the Patriots are 
again, I think they're primed for a, a playoff appearance again, and it won't be just a first-round blowout exit to the Bills. Speaking of blowout exits, and yeah, not even a blowout exit, but an exit in their first playoff game, the Los Angeles Rams will be taking on the Green Bay Packers in Week 15. So, sorry, Tony, I didn't mean to, to remind you of that again for the second time in two days, but Green Bay obviously eliminated, and they'll have a chance to play the Rams, where I believe they beat the Rams last season in Lambeau. We'll see if they can do it again. Yeah, they did. And technically, if we're going to nitpick here, it wasn't a first-round exit because we had the bye. Technically, it was a second-round exit. Ah, that's why I said first game. First uh-huh. game. Ha, I win. No, you said first round. I, I think No, I guarantee I hope, you I said first game. I hope you did. We'll check the VOD. But this is going to no. be, in my opinion, what might be the game of the year. This should be electric. I, I'm just so ready for it. Yeah, we'll have to clip it. We'll have to clip and ship that one later. Uh, okay, moving on to the next week, another really strong game featuring two team. Well, Matt Ryan. It'll be the Los Angeles Chargers at Indianapolis. I'm really excited for this one. I feel like it's going to be an important, potentially AFC playoff standings game. Like if you believe my take that the Chargers are going to potentially win the division this year. The Colts, who also are primed to win their respective division, this could be a very important seeding game. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a really, really good one. I think that the Colts are going to be a fairly decent team. Uh, Again, I think that they were... I don't think they're going to be that much better than last year, but I think last year they were a solid team. I do think the Chargers have been making all the right moves over the past couple of years, so I think the Chargers are going to win this one. I think the Chargers are the better overall team, uh, but I'm not going to be sleeping on Indy unless they show me something really, really bad for a while. Yeah. All right, let's move on to another potentially important playoff implication game. we got the Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals in Paul Brown Stadium. So... Exciting. I know we we both said that we think Cincinnati's going to regress a little bit. That just kind of happens when you go on one of those big playoff runs and have a really strong season where you win in a, a lot of close games. You just you tend to regress to the mean a little bit there. So I do think that Buffalo is going to win this one, but it will be an exciting one. And surprisingly, it's only $72 to go, so maybe worth going for you, Tony. I don't know. I mean... Maybe this is one. They may, maybe this is the game that we finally have to go to together and do a show from the stadium. Yeah, no, for seventy for seventy two dollars, I mean, that's not too bad. It's January two. We should both be on break. I'm gonna have to see about that actually. Yeah, in Cincinnati, that's not too far away. I'd be down. Let's do it, Tom. Yeah. Okay, we got we gotta start we gotta start doing the planning as we both <laughs> don't do any of the planning and it just arrives suddenly. <laughs> yep, we'll figure it out. It happened. All right, and so we get to the week 18 where all the games are TBD, of course, because the NFL wants to pick which ones it flexes based on standings implications. So, Tony, we're going to go I'm gonna go down the list. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to pick a game that feels like it'll probably be a Monday night football game. I found it. It's the Chargers-Denver. Just given how, uh, how partial the NFL has been to putting AFC West teams in primetime, I feel like this is another game that is primed for primetime. See what I did there? A little word play um the chargers again if you if you believe my theory that the chargers are going to be a division leading team and denver is also going to be equally as good this could be a game where that maybe the chiefs play the raiders a little earlier the chiefs win and the chiefs need the chargers to lose or need the broncos to lose to win the division or something like that so it could be very interesting with a lot of playoff implications at stake absolutely all right so we did it guys once again we made it through 18 quickly done sunday night football games so now we're going to move to our divisional section of the program where we're going to break down each team's schedule 
we're going to do do it like we did last time. We're going to go east to west. So, Tony, who's kicking us off? Who's kicking us off? Let's see. We'll start with the Dallas Cowboys. Ah, the media, obsessed with the Cowboys. I knew you'd go there first. That's not just because it's on our script first or anything. So Dallas, obviously, strong strong season last year, won their division, and then got eliminated because Dak didn't kneel as he kneeled quick enough. He slid, didn't get the, the, the rest of the ball back, and because Mike McCarthy, the eternal legend, did not have a timeout because he had to spend it earlier in the game. It's just a very fitting narrative kind of maneuver for him. Um, so Cowboys had a disappointing season, but there's no reason to think they won't bounce back and have a strong season this year. So strength of schedule, they rank 31st. Do you want to explain what strength of schedule is for the, for the new listeners in our audience, Tony? Yeah, for sure. So basically... When you look at the schedule for a team, what you do to determine strength of schedule is you look at all of the opponents that you have, you add up all of their wins, you add up all of their losses, you divide them out, and essentially you get kind of their win-loss percentage. So your strength of schedule is if your strength of schedule number one, that means you are playing the opponents that had combined the most wins and fewest losses uh, of kind of all of the teams that have a schedule. And if you're strength of schedule 32, then you are playing the teams that have combined the lowest win percentage from the previous season. Yeah. So the Cowboys being 31st is really good news for Dallas fans. I'm sure somewhere Campbell Jones was like doing a little jig when he saw this schedule come out, but we are going to, we, you know, as we did yesterday, we're going to break down why on paper you may have a really weak schedule or really low strength of schedule, but it's not actually that weak of a schedule. Although for the Cowboys, I do think it, it is one of the, the situations where it's a weak strength of schedule and it actually fits on paper. So going through, they open up against Tampa Bay. I'm really excited for that one. I think it's going to be a great game. That's, I believe, the Sunday primetime game that kind of opens up Sunday night football. Then they'll travel. Well, they won't travel. Cincinnati will travel to Dallas um, and then they'll face off against the Giants, the Commanders, the the uh, the Rams, the Eagles, the Lions, and then the Bears, and they'll have that as we, as we talked about yesterday. We are both fans of having that kind of Week Nine bye week that kind of cuts the season in half. So I would expect the the Cowboys to do pretty well in this stretch, right? I mean, I think I can count three teams that I would be really concerned about, and it's Tampa Bay, Cincinnati. And the Rams. And then the other ones, I feel like, with maybe the exception of the Eagles, should be wins or almost automatic wins for the Cowboys. Yeah, I absolutely do think that they should be wins. They started off last year against the Bucks and almost won that one when the Bucks were kind of like, you know, in their big their biggest juggernaut phase. And I think the Bucks have gotten a little bit weaker since then. So maybe we will see the Cowboys finally pull out that week one victory against them. I think the Bengals are going to regress. So the Cowboys have a great shot at winning that one. And like you said, other than that, the Giants should be a win. The commander should be a win. The Rams are going to be a tough one. I think that one could be a loss. The Eagles could be putting up a heck of a fight if they continue to progress. Like I think, uh, they will be, but then the Lions and the Bears should be kind of a kind of layup week. So I think that they should be looking really good throughout this first nine weeks of the schedule, for sure. And then as they go into the next chunk of the schedule, they'll have the Packers, the Vikings, the Giants, the Colts, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Eagles, the Titans, and then Washington. So you know, like we talked about on paper. Very easy schedule, and looking at it, because they play they play New York twice, they play the Lions, they play the Bears, they play the AFC South. So those gives you those give you two really easy matchups. I think that their schedule is probably fairly easy. I don't know about thirty first, like they do have some tough opponents on here, but I do think that Dallas should be able to take this one and turn it into a ten or eleven win schedule. Yeah, really, the only teams that you are, if you are a Cowboys fan, you are genuinely seriously worried about, like this could definitely be a loss or. 
the Bucks, the Rams, and the Packers, I think are the only three that are very, very concerning if, if I were a Cowboys fan. A lot of people would say the Bengals, but again, I still believe they're going to regress, and I believe the Cowboys are an overall better team. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that that's a pretty favorable schedule. Going to another pretty favorable schedule, the New York Giants. They have the 29th easiest schedule in the NFL. And, you know, again, it's because they play the AFC South. They have some easy games against them, NFC North. And, of course, they play play Washington twice. So that'll make anybody's schedule a little bit easier. Um, So they'll open up at Tennessee, home to the Panthers, home to the Cowboys, home to the Bears, home to the Packers, then home to Ravens. So they actually get a really nice home stretch for four games or excuse me, those first five games of their first six. I think that's really beneficial, especially for a young team that's going to have a new head coach. That'll be very important to getting their season off right. And then they'll be at Jacksonville and at Seattle going into week nine. So I could legitimately see this team maybe not being 500, but like not being as atrocious as they were last year. Right, yeah. And like we said yesterday, when you're looking at these schedules, it's all relative, right? So one uh, one schedule that would be extremely difficult for the Jets could be extremely easy for the Packers, let's say. And the Giants are one of these teams that are really, really just not good and haven't been good for the past five, six years. So I do think that there are quite a few teams on here that are going to be troublesome for them. I, I don't think the Ravens are a particularly great team. Uh, personally, but I think that the Ravens are certainly better than the Giants. So uh, this is, I I know you kind of said maybe a 500 team. I think they might be looking at more of two and four, maybe even one and five through the first six weeks, and then maybe a couple of easier layup wins through the Jacksonville and Seattle weeks, uh, and maybe even Seattle was able to pull out a win on them. But even with this easy of a schedule, quote-unquote, they could still be facing some serious struggles. Oh, no question about it. They'll definitely be facing struggles. That's what the Giants do. Um, after their bye week, they'll then play home to Houston and Detroit. So they, I do think that they have a fairly favorable stretch of home games here. Now, technically, the Green Bay one is a home game away. It's in it's in England against the Packers. So not not necessarily like that much of a nice home stretch, but I do think that they're going to have a lot of nice kind of clumped home games together. So that's I think that's good for them. Um, and then they'll go on the road to Dallas, home to Washington, and then Philadelphia, and then at Washington, at Minnesota, home to the Colts, and then at Philadelphia. Not expecting a lot. I feel like a strong ceiling, maybe an aggressive ceiling, is like a six-win team. Yeah, I'd say something like that, maybe six or seven, which is honestly weird. I know it's kind of a little bit of a spoiler here, but uh, strength of schedule-wise, the New York Giants actually have the most difficult schedule in the NFC East by statistics at 29th overall. Dallas and the Commanders are both tied at 31st, and then the Eagles have 30th. So uh, it's kind of like giving one of the worst teams and honestly the worst division really, really easy schedules. I think the NFL is kind of trying to baby them up and do uh, kind of popularity. <laughs> Because they're just so terrible, you have to give them anything you possibly can to make them look decent. So uh, I do think that even though the Titans, Cowboys, and Packers are really the only true powerhouses that this team's going to play, I still think it's like only a six or seven win team, like you said. No, the Giants got to be looking at this and like, really, really, we were fourth in our division last year, and we have the hardest schedule in our division. How does that work? How did that one work, guys? Like, explain that one to me, Roger. No, it's it's brutal. I don't think it's this division at all. Yeah, although you know, they may be complaining about being 29th, and which is the hardest in their division. But 29th, I think any team would take 29th. Let's move yeah. to the team that has the the 30th the 30th hardest schedule, which is to say the the 
you know, third easiest schedule, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. It's prime for Tony's Eagles to be on track and improve. So they'll open up the season against Detroit and other sleeper, uh, one of Tony's sleeper teams. So that's a segment, Tony. That's a, I guarantee you that's a segment we're going to do. Uh, Minnesota and then the, at the Commanders, home to Jacksonville, at Arizona, home to Dallas, and they'll have er, a slightly early bye week in week seven. I think that they should win against Detroit, Washington, and Jacksonville. So I could legitimately see this team being four and two going into their bye. Yeah, I could see them being somewhere around there. The Cardinals, it's really going to depend on how this team actually looks. If they look anything like they did last year, this could be a really, really good game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. And I do think that the Eagles could give the Cowboys some trouble, some troubles as well. So I think that optimistically, you're looking at 5-1 and one at your absolute ceiling. Realistically, probably 4-2. and two. Yeah, it'll be fun for you because you'll get your little Kyler Murray, Jalen... Hurts sample size, so that'll be interesting. I have a feeling that the Eagles are definitely going to win that one. They have they seem to have improved, while the, the Cardinals seem to have not necessarily improved, not necessarily stagnated. So, yeah. Okay, after the bye, we'll have home to Pittsburgh at Houston, home to Washington at the Colts, then home to Green Bay and Tennessee, and then have a little bit of a road trip here as they go at New York, at Chicago, at Dallas, and then close with two home games against the Saints and the Giants. So that I do think that that back you know, chunk of games is definitely a little bit trickier. I don't necessarily think that like the Giants in Chicago are particularly challenging opponents for them, but I do think the fact that they're back to, you know, it's, it's the, those three road games all back to back will make it especially hard for the Eagles. Yeah, that's going to be a little tough. I think the most difficult stretch of season is going to be weeks 11 through 13. They're going to go to Indianapolis and they're going to host the Packers and then the Titans all back to back. I think that's definitely going to be your most difficult opponents all kind of clustered up together you don't really have a break with any kind of layup games in between them so even though that yes it's not like it's not the three weeks that you're traveling the most like weeks 14 15 and 16 are going to be I do think that that's going to be kind of a make or break section and if the Eagles can come out of that two and one they're looking good yeah no I definitely think that those those six or seven weeks are going to be a challenge for them and then I'll kind of make or break their season all right let's move on to another team that you know I, I know you I think are expecting a little bit of an improvement for them. But looking at this schedule, you know, it's 31st on paper, but they do have the late bye week. And knowing how injury-prone Carson Wentz is, that may be a little bit of a problem, no? Yeah, that's probably going to be an issue. But frankly, this team's not going to the playoffs either way. So I'm probably not too concerned if I'm them. Fair enough. Okay, so they open with Jacksonville and Detroit, so you get two nice little easy games to kind of ease you into the schedule, and then you play Philadelphia and Dallas, then home to Tennessee, on the road at the Bears, home to the Packers at Indianapolis, home to Minnesota at Philadelphia, at Houston, home to Atlanta, and then at New York before you hit your bye. Yeah, that's going to be quite a few difficult games in there. Like you said, you're starting off the season really, really easy. That's fine. Philadelphia is definitely going to be an issue for you. At Dallas is, of course, going to be an issue. Tennessee is going to be a problem. You kind of get that little week six break in Chicago. That's going to be kind of nice because I do think this team is better than Chicago. But then you're right back in the mix. Green Bay, Indianapolis, the Vikings, who knows? Sometimes they're amazing. Sometimes they're terrible and throw bubble screens all game, which I know ticks Tom off like nothing there's there's nothing that ruins my Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons and seeing a bubble screen against in a Vikings game. It I, 
infuriates me to know it. You have gotten so many texts because I live in the Vikings TV zone, so I get all the Vikings games, and every time I see a screen, I just yeah, I stand up from my my couch and I yell, "Not again! Not a bubble screen! What are you doing? You have such a good offense, and you do bubble screens!" And then I cry. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it goes every other Sunday, and really every Sunday. So. That week 7 through 10 kind of stretch could be really, really tough. Two road games, two home games, but four potentially really solid opponents. Uh, and then, you know, weeks 11 through 13 are all fairly layup games. I do think the Commanders are better than all of those teams. So they should be kind of having a little bit of a confidence boost into the bye. But in those couple weeks leading up to that little confidence boost section of the game, that could be some tough football. Yeah, and the back the back four games of the season are by no means easy for the Commanders either. Yes, they get New York, so they'll have New York by week New York, which should be, you know, they should at least know New York pretty well by by week fifteen. Uh, and the, but then week sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen, they'll be on the road against the Forty ers and home to Cleveland and home to Dallas. Those are not three easy games. So playoff miss here. I have a feeling we'll, we'll see a playoff miss from the Commanders. Yeah, absolutely. Playoff miss potentially below 500. San Francisco is definitely going to be a win uh, for the Niners. Cleveland, no matter if, uh, no matter how long that Deshaun is suspended for, if he's suspended at all, he should be back by week 17. I seriously doubt they suspend. <laughs> so I do think that he'll be back for that. So the Browns should be a clean sweep win for the over the Commanders. And then Dallas Cowboys, it's still a TBD game, but it doesn't really matter when it is or where it is. That should be an easy sweep for the Dallas Cowboys. No, what will happen is it'll be a 16-week suspension, and then the Commanders will be the first team that Deshaun faces, and he'll torch yeah, them. and he's going to be so mad because it's going to be so <laughs> long thought, and he's going to demolish them. Yeah, so what are the Commanders? I feel bad. This is going to be the first year we're going to have the, the Washington Commanders name officially revealed. I feel bad for them because what they'll be commanding is probably the bottom of the standings. They'll command the Giants. That's the only thing they're commanding. Yeah, and maybe even then that could be a split. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I don't I don't dis- I don't hate the take. All right, moving on to another team that has a late bye week. So it's the Chicago Bears. Now, granted they do have a, a slightly more difficult schedule than the Commanders that so they're currently at 24th, but they do have that late bye week, which you know what? That's okay. Not a playoff team like Tony says. So, you know what? They don't they don't need to worry about it as much. So, they'll open against the two tough opponents of the 49ers and then the Packers. So, I think the Bears are going to go 0 and 2. But I do expect them to rebound a little bit as they'll play Houston and then New York. Then they'll face Minnesota and Washington. Then they have a really an early nice three-game stretch against New England, Dallas and Miami before going to Detroit, Atlanta and the Jets. So, like they have, you know, these little clusters of tough of tough weeks and then easy weeks um and then they'll go to the packers before heading into their week 14 bye yeah i don't see the bears doing anything this year uh even if they were a decent team they're not going to be playing well enough to beat a lot of these opponents niners packers should be two l's right out the gate houston giants so i'm expecting them to be two and two by week five lose to the vikings potentially lose to the commanders definitely lose to the patriots cowboys and dolphins probably beat the lions we're looking at a team that's probably four and four and six somewhere in there maybe three and seven if some things go wrong uh then you know falcons jets packers i think they kind of go maybe one and two through there the falcons could be could be enough i think they're better than the falcons i don't know i think it's kind of neck and neck that's just going to kind of be a coin flip for me so maybe one and two two and one either way i'm going to guess over the course of the season they're below 500 yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, the last four games, 
not any easier for them. They'll have Philadelphia, then Buffalo, two really good two good teams that I expect specifically Buffalo to beat the Bears, and then they'll be at Detroit, and then they'll close the season against Minnesota, which is probably the biggest wild card of the NFC North. So, you know, I I, I don't like this season. I think that the Bears again six win team at yes. most. Uh, especially because I don't, I don't, I'm not comfortable anymore saying that the Lions are definitively going to be the worst team in the NFC North. I think the Lions have made some good moves, and I don't see the Bears doing anything. So I'm not saying the Lions finish better than the than the Bears, but I think it's kind of it's a little bit more of a, a battle for third place, if you will, as opposed to okay, Chicago's definitely going to be a third, and De- Detroit's definitely going to be fourth, like they always are. Yeah, thank you for providing a beautiful segue as we can segue right into the Lions schedule. So the Lions will have the 28th hardest schedule in the NFL with a nice week six bye. So they're going to open against Philadelphia and then Washington and then on the road against Minnesota, then back home to Seattle and then at New England. So looking at this schedule, since you're more high on the Lions than I am, even though I'm wearing currently a Lions baseball cap, the little theater of the mind for the audience, um, can you can you remind the audience actually where I got that hat, Tony? Uh, well, funny you should say that, Tom. I'm uh, we may or may not have done a little a little friendly competition that I may or may not have just absolutely fallen apart in the back <laughs> half of the season. You almost didn't get that hat because shipping was weird, but you got it now. <laughs> yeah, shipping definitely was weird, but it is you know I look forward to winning many hats against you as we continue the touchdown rundown game pick'em competition. Maybe we'll try and set something up with the audience too. Um, okay, but you know using your your skills as the second best pick'em on this crew, what are you where are you picking wins for the Lions since you're high on them this season? I think that. Carson Wentz on a new team in week two. I think that team's going to take a little bit of sorting out. That one really depends on, you know, going into last season, if you remember, we expected the commanders at the time football team to have a top 10, definitely maybe top five defense in the league. And they Mm -hmm. just immediately fell apart. They finished in like below 25th overall or something like that. So they were really, really bad by the end of the year. If they can get that figured out, I think that's a formidable team. If not, I do see the lions having a chance to win that game. So I think in the first five weeks, they could potentially pick up wins against the commanders and the Seahawks. So I think optimistically you're two and three through that section. Yeah, by our friends at lineups, Washington was the 25th best defense in the NFL, despite, like you said, really being, I, I literally wrote an article about how they would be a top 10 defense going into the season. That was one of my bust takes. Yeah, that was a bust take for everybody. Nobody expected that. I don't think anyone expected the regression, and it'll be curious to see if they you know, continue to regress. A lot of, I, I'm hopeful that Chase Young is going to have a bit of a bounce back year. Um, all right, so let's go, let, let's go to week seven. Uh, we have at Dallas for the Lions, then versus Miami, then home to Green Bay, and then at Chicago, at New York, home to Buffalo, home, and then they have a oh yeah, nice little home stretch here. So Buffalo, Jacksonville, Minnesota, and then they're on the road against the Jets, and then on the road against Carolina. I'm really gonna have to pick 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 a side there. It's gonna be tough for me. Uh, it'll probably be the winner if I'm being honest. And then Chicago, and then at Green Bay. Yeah, they definitely have some opportunities to pick up some wins there. I know that they were. Uh, they kind of had a really, really long stretch of no wins. They finally got a tie with uh, Pittsburgh uh, to break the loss streak, technically, and then they ended up picking up some wins uh, kind of towards the end. I do think that they are going to be... Packers. Again, you know, fi- okay, we rested our starters. It doesn't count. We- <laughs> I'm just saying, was- they're at 
They're at Green Bay in Week 18. They're primed to get another little Green Bay victory. Okay, here's the thing. The worst part about that game was my girlfriend's parents, who are diehard Lions fans, were at that game, and my phone was blowing up that entire time. <laughs> I do think that they have some chances to pick up more wins. I think they could potentially double their win total from last year. They could get to six whole wins. So I, yeah, that, that's really sad. You go double and then you go six, which is just really <laughs> sad. It feels really sad as a Lions fan. That's what you get for being a Michigan native, I suppose. So circling games that I feel really confident in the Lions, at the very least, being competitive with, I think Seattle, Chicago, New York, Jacksonville, and then New York again because it's just the way of the world. I don't expect a lot out of either New York team. So I'm comfortable going to – they should probably have four to five wins, and then you throw in Carolina and and you know uh, on the road against Chicago maybe. And I could definitely see them being a six-win team. Do I feel like they're going to get six wins? No. I Unfortunately for my fandom, I don't think Jared Goff, because his contract, this is the first year he, he enters a really big contract stretch. Uh, you know, his contract is going to balloon to, I believe, in the high the high twenties, the low thirties. So he, you know, that's going to cost money from the team around him. So I don't feel particularly confident in Jared Goff. So I do think that the Lions are going to maybe not like stay at three. I could see them going to four, but I don't think they're going to take a leap like you do, Tony. I think they're going to take a leap, but it's not going to be like, oh, you're suddenly five hundred or you're suddenly in playoff contention. Like it's going to be baby steps, but I do love what they're doing with that organization for the first time in forever. I can say that. Yeah, I know. I love Man Campbell. Absolutely. The diet and kneecaps. I hope it pays off for him. Okay, so as as I did make fun of Tony and you know the Lions, they did snag that win against the Packers. I thought it was hilarious. I was laughing so hard. As a Lions fan, I am one and zero against the Packers, and so <laughs> I'm going to use that to transition over to the Packers and break down their schedule. So the Packers, they have a really surprisingly easy schedule, considering that they you know won the NFC last year. Uh, as far as the regular season goes, they'll be 22nd in strength of schedule. They do have a late bye week. Tony, as a Packers fan and as somebody who's now seen the Packers go 13 wins for a couple consecutive seasons, do you like the the late bye or would you prefer earlier in the season? I actually like the late bye just because it kind of gives you a chance to reset uh, and get some get some people healed up, get some statuses a little bit more clear uh, as you're kind of heading into these final weeks of the year. Uh, it's just a really, really good way to kind of let your guys take a breath. You've, you know, you got through the first half, their first three quarters of the season, whatever it is. You've done uh, probably uh, over the past couple of years, you've done really, really well through that. Now, if you can just kind of regroup yourself and continue on for another, you know, six or seven weeks, you're going to get to the end, make a deep playoff run. That that's all great and dandy. So I actually prefer the late playoff, uh, the late bye week, if you're a playoff team. Yeah, no, I definitely think that it's going to benefit the Packers to have the late buy. I think I do think it'll be interesting. What will be one of the most interesting mysteries surrounding this team is the wide receiver core. But I, I know you feel strongly that the Packers can at least get it done a little bit by committee. I feel a lot less strongly about that. Uh, so that'll be what I'll I'll be looking towards as Green Bay opens up against Minnesota on the road, then home to the Bears, and they'll have two really strong challenges right out of the gates against Tampa Bay and New England. So I do think that those two teams are probably going to test Green Bay defensively, and going they're going to make Rodgers work for those passing yards without a number one pass catcher. Um, and then they have two games, so they they do have a little quick trip across the pond as they'll take on New, New York Giants. Why are we sending Giants Packers just a Brief little aside, why are we sending the bad international 
Why are we sending the bad games international? I don't know. Uh, but when they come back, they'll have the New York Jets waiting for them. So I'm expecting two wins there. And then they'll have a little a little road trip where they'll take on Washington, Buffalo, and then at Detroit. But let's face it, they pra- they practically own Detroit too. I know they they at, Aaron Rodgers actually owns the Bears. So you know I feel like he's he's going to start buying into the Lions shortly. And then you have Dallas, Tennessee, and then they'll have at Philadelphia and at Chicago before hitting their bye. Yeah, I do really, really like this schedule. And one of the reasons why I like this schedule so much isn't just well, because it's, easy. <laughs> it's not so much because of the opponents we play. It's because unlike a lot of the previous schedules that are like on paper really easy, but your tough opponents are in a stretch, our longest stretch that we have is simply two weeks. You have the Bucks and the Patriots. Okay, those are two D de- those are two, you know, great and predictably going to be above average to good team for the Patriots. Then you have a little bit of time. Then you have Cowboys Titans. Okay, those are some great teams. Then you have a little bit of time. Then you have Rams Dolphins. So those are really our three tough stretches. And if your longest tough stretch is two weeks, you have a good schedule. I do think there's something to be said for maybe instead of it being two weeks, maybe it's I don't I don't know what you how you want to define tough, but if you want to go by a, a you know a tough schedule where it's it's four teams who made the playoffs, there is a five week stretch where they'll play Buffalo. At Buffalo, then at Detroit, obviously not the playoff team in the stretch, but then home to Dallas, home to Tennessee, and at the Eagles. So that's those. I think those are. I know it's separated by Detroit, but those are five weeks that I think are going to be a little bit challenging, especially because it does boast three road games and four playoff opponents. So I think that might actually be the hardest stretch, even though it's not consecutive. Yeah, that is true. We are as we kind of get later into the year, about November, there should be some snow on the ground. So like. The Eagles are a very kind of hard-nosed running-the-ball team. As we saw last year, they're number one running team in the league. In this draft, we, uh, Goody kind of addressed some of that run uh, run defense that we really needed last year. That was our biggest weak point. Uh, the Titans, they're, again, a run team. So, like, a lot of these big run teams that we're facing, I think that we've actually done a pretty good job of prepping for them in this offseason. Obviously, we'll see. Only time will tell if that is true. But I do think that we have potentially some of the answers to these teams biggest strengths yeah no fair enough though i do think the packers made the moves in the right direction but like you said time will tell and that is i feel like trying to guess hmm are the, are the packers going to be really good at stopping the run in week 11 against the titans it's, it's too it's too far into the future um you should go you and campbell speaking of games that we need to plan coverage you and campbell need to go to P- packers at dallas it was a game that you guys constantly talked about last season in the group chat it never came true much to my chagrin so oh, that's a game i feel like you guys need to go to we actually talked about it and i actually did look into tickets uh within pretty much a day of that game going live and by the time i looked half the stadium was sold out three hundred dollars was yeah three hundred four hundred dollars so that yeah, was I- not- my favorite statement on espn is so they have they do a ticket partnership with vivid seats and my favorite thing to read on the schedules is tickets as low as $258 right next to tickets as low as $61. Those are not the same sentence. Like, I don't know if you want to say tickets as low as $258. Yeah. Tickets as low as an arm and a leg. (laughs) Tickets, tickets as low as like a textbook. (laughs) Yeah. That one was ridiculous. We tried to, we really wanted to, I would love to get to a Packers game this year. If I do, it's not going to be that one. Yeah, no, fair enough. I I do think that like you know having your textbook for your biology class is a little bit more important than than uh, Green Bay Dallas, but I don't know yeah. about that. <laughs> fair enough. 
<laughs> okay, so then we have, I guess, I guess it, we're business majors, so what do you expect? We're not going to do biology. Uh, okay, so let's go to the, the, the rest of the stretch for the Packers. So you have the Rams, home of the Rams, and then at Miami, home to Minnesota, and home to Detroit. I don't hate this. I, I Miami is just such a confusing team. I don't know what to make of Tyreek Hill and Tua Tagovailoa. Those two in particular, they don't seem to have the... Okay, obviously, they don't seem to have the chemistry of Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. But from videos and stuff that I've seen from Dolphins Twitter coming out of Dolphins practices and stuff, it looks like Tua and Tyreek Hill may be struggling to form a connection. So that is something to watch. I mean, that you know, the Dolphins went all in on acquiring Hill. And so if they don't have Hill kind of firing on all, all cylinders this season, that offense could legitimately struggle. Yeah, and I do think that, and this is this is one of my hotter takes. This is one that gets me in a lot of trouble sometimes. I don't think Tyreek Hill is that great of a receiver. I think he's just fast. Like, that's really all he has. We saw last year, he was the direct reason for at least half of, of Patrick Mahomes' interceptions over the first eight-ish weeks of the season. It seemed like every other one was just kind of through his hands. So, well, he did have a hands problem. He kind of figured it out later in the year. That's true. But I don't think he's ever going to be the the receiver you think of when, oh, who has the best hands? Who's the safest guy? He's really just fast. And as the NFL continues to grow, frankly, those guys are becoming a dime a dozen, which is why I love that K- that that Kansas City picked up Marquez Valdez-Scantling because he's a fast guy, a great deep threat, but he's a whole lot cheaper than Tyree Kill. And I think that Kansas City is going to be just fine without him. I do think looking at the the Dolphins depth chart, what makes Tyreek Hill so attractive is that he's being paired with Jalen Waddle. I think those two will be absolutely dynamic together. So I think that'll be, I think almost that's like the attractiveness is that you're, if your second best receiver is Jalen Waddle and your best is Tyreek Hill, that's not a particularly bad tandem. Now I do agree with you that look, all it takes for Hill to lose what kind of makes him special is like, you know, half of a second in speed goes off. And, you know, I do think that he is limited particularly by speed, obviously. So if his speed falls off that contract, which is a massive wide receiver contract, definitely looks a lot worse. So it is something in the future that I think you can worry about, but I'm not going to worry about it this season. Yeah, I I think defenses are going to be able to play against his speed. Uh, Everybody's kind of going to figure him out throughout the year. Just play your guys back a little bit deeper. Yes, he's going to continue to put up big numbers, but you can kind of limit what he does put up. And I don't think that he's the kind of guy that's like Devontae Adams where no matter how many guys you put on him or how deep you kind of play for him, he's going to get open. Like, Devontae's the route runner. He's the safe hands. Tyreek is really just fast. And, yes, he runs a decent route, but he's really just fast. Yeah. Well, it's like we saw this season. Those two high shells that were played against Kansas City really did a strong job in limiting him. But I think with Miami, it may be interesting because, like I said, Tua may not be able to throw the ball as deep as Mahomes. So the two high shells may not be necessary in limiting Tyreek Hill. It may be Tyreek Hill who limits – or Tua who limits Tyreek Hill. Yeah, then they're going to have to start playing Tua high shells. <laughs> nice. Okay, that was really good. I'm, I'm impressed. I've converted you to the pun game. Um, okay, so – do you do you have a pun for Minnesota? Um, I don't. I'm gonna. Okay. I'll be. Honest. I was. I kind of. I kind of tapped into my uh, the depths of my pun knowledge there. <laughs> okay. You're, yeah. You're tapped out. Best they've got is like a mini soda joke somewhere. Um. Why? You know. Why are all the Dr. Peppers small in Minneapolis? Because Minnesota. All right. Bad transition to the Minnesota Vikings. It's our final NFC North team. So we have. They will open up against Green Bay, then they're at Philadelphia, home to Detroit, home to the Saints, and then home to Chicago, and then at Miami, where they have an early week 
seven by. So their strength of schedule is 20th, but they do open, I think, against a couple of particularly challenging opponents. Obviously, they they host Green Bay in week one, which will be a fun game. And then they're at Philadelphia, so on the road against the Eagles will be challenging. The New Orleans Saints is going to be a challenging game. And then Chicago, of course, I don't think is just challenging, but they do have at Miami, which could potentially be a challenging one. Yeah, who really knows with the Vikings? That's the problem. The Vikings, on paper, should be a fantastic team in like the whole NFL, not even just the NFC. They should be a top team in the NFL every year. I don't understand how they continuously find ways to mess it up and fall apart in these close games. Obviously, the bubble screens is a huge issue, so I think the play calling needs a lot of work. But at the end of the day, this is the Vikings are the kind of team where, frankly, I do think that looking at these first six weeks, they could go 5-1 and one in this stretch, and I wouldn't be surprised. They could also go 3-3 three and three in this stretch, and I wouldn't be surprised. Well, that's why I'm super optimistic about their new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, because I don't think I'm seeing a bubble screen from this guy. I really hope not. He's from the Sean McVay tree, so I'm, yeah, I, I hope I don't... I, I hope I have a decrease in bubble screens at least. If there is a bubble screen, I'm sure I will know about it immediately, and I will <laughs> oh. check my phone and see Tom Zwiller is typing, and I'll know exactly what's going on. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll stand up. Another bubble screen! <laughs> I thought I was free! I thought I was free! <laughs> okay, so hopefully through the six weeks, I don't see a lot of bubble screens. If I if there's an average of bubble screens, like two bubble screens per game, then I hope this team fails desperately. But if there's not, I hope they succeed against Arizona, and then in week nine, They'll be at Washington, at Buffalo, so two potentially challenging games. And then they have, I don't want to say like a difficult home stretch because the Jets are in here, and I don't think you can ever say something's difficult if the Jets are involved as long as it's not playing for the Jets. Um, but they, they play home to Dallas, New England, and then the Jets. And then at Detroit, home to Indianapolis, New York, and then on the road for their last two games at Green Bay and at Chicago. I feel like this is a good season, a good bounce back just because the strength of schedule is, is lighter. But again, with the new head coach, with the just inconsistency that is the Vikings, I have no idea. Yeah, they do kind of get an easier back half, if you will, weeks 13 through 18. Uh, I mean, you have six games there, and your only two real tough opponents are the Colts and the Packers. Other than that, you know, the Bears, the Giants, uh, the Lions, and the Jets, those should all be fairly layup games, even if the Vikings are underwhelming again. Uh, I think if the Vikings play like they can play, they can beat the Colts. And I think that they can beat the Packers. Uh, it did. Close one. I mean, yeah, the the Vikings, <laughs> NFC North teams just in general seem to kind of, unless you're the Bears, the Lions and the Vikings, Rodgers has kind of publicly stated that the Lions play the most physically, which can be tough for the Packers. And the Vikings just seem to be the Packers' kryptonite at least once a year, even if they're a garbage team for some reason. So we'll see how that ends up going. Yeah, no, I I think that the Vikings should be a playoff team. I think this year they have they have the offensive talent to be a playoff team, and if they've reworked if they rework their defense enough, I think that they can be, uh, you know, I think they can be a playoff team. I think they probably should have been a playoff team last year, and they had a lot of fluky games. I think was it did they have the back to back weeks where that was so fluky against Cincinnati? It was a Dalvin Cook fumble against Cincinnati, and then a yep. missed field goal that was. A chip shot against the undefeated Arizona Cardinals like those are just two back-to-back weird games that you turn those to wins and then suddenly the Vikings are more of a playoff team yeah pull up the uh the recordings of us saying oh the Vikings are definitely going to be a bounce back playoff <laughs> team this year this time last year uh so we'll see how this ends up aging and yes I remember that Dalvin Cook fumble that cost me a win in fantasy that week 
Uh, yeah, no, that'll that'll make you remember it. You'll remember that forever. Um, and I do think that I think I was watching that. I don't think I have Dalvin Cook. I think I may have been playing Dalvin Cook that week, and I was like, I'll, you know what? I'll take it. And then I also remember going on our our YouTube live stream show and saying the Vikings they may be zero and two, but don't make don't mistake it. This is a playoff caliber team, and they proceeded to make me look like an idiot, which I do myself. I don't need help, guys. I don't need help with this Minnesota. I I I have making it's in my it's on my resume. Made myself look like an idiot <laughs> regularly. Regularly, there you go. <laughs> okay, so speaking of things that that. Um, are going to make people look like idiots. Marcus Mariota is now a starting quarterback. That Okay, that was mean. I, I'd like to make a formal apology to Marcus Mariota. I do not believe in the Falcons this season, though. They have the ninth hardest schedule in the NFL, and they have a week 14 bye week, and they do not have a generous schedule. It, just the first seven games are going to be challenging. Yeah, the, just kind of looking at this so we can get into it, this is definitely not the year for them. No, it's not. So they'll open against the Saints, then they're going to take a little west road trip against the Rams, then Seattle, and then home to Cleveland at Tampa Bay, home to the 49ers, and then at Cincinnati. Like, realistically, the only team I think that they would open as a favorite against might be Seattle. Emphasis on the word might. Yeah, and Seattle might, you know, I mean, like you said, Seattle might be good enough to beat this team. We really have no idea how they're going to kind of uh come out of this whole Russell Wilson thing we have no idea so they could be mediocre and all you really need to be to beat the Falcons is mediocre so I'm thinking that a lot of these games we're going to be seeing and I know it's been overused and I'm going to use it anyways we're going to be seeing a lot of end of game scores being 28 to 3 and not because there's any turnaround just because the Falcons are awful and these teams are not yeah no uh, but you know what cures being mediocre Playing mediocre teams. Sorry, Panthers. Uh, so the the Falcons will play the Panthers in weeks 8 and 10 and sandwiched in between the, the Chargers. So I feel like there's potentially the, 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 the potential to be like 1-2 or maybe 2-1 and one in that stretch. It depends on how the Panthers are looking through that part of the season. Then Bears, Washington, and Pittsburgh before heading into the bye week. And then they get a great four-little team sample here, 15 through 18. They're at, at New Orleans, at Baltimore, Home to the Cardinals and Tampa Bay. So, sorry, Falcons, it's like a four-win season. I hope you can get a good quarterback in the draft. It's got to be three or four wins. I'd say four wins is kind of their ceiling right here. They have absolutely nothing going for them. The NFL just gave them an extremely tough schedule, even though they're terrible for some reason. So, that's nice, but good luck to you. We'll see you next year. Actually, I have a better question. Where does Desmond Ritter, when is he starting? That's the better question. Um, I mean, I don't dislike Marcus Mariota. I think he's going to make it through at least six weeks before there's any kind of real doubt in who's going to be starting. So I'm going to say week, I'm going to say week nine. That's my prediction. I feel like if he plays poorly against the Panthers, so they, the Panthers Falcons game is a prime time prime video game on Thursday night football. I feel like if he plays badly there, we're going to see Ritter in the, in the like last couple weeks. From Chicago yeah. onward. I think it'll be fairly late. I don't think it's going to be any kind of a jump to bench Marietta. I think they have some belief in him, and I have a little bit of belief in him as well. Uh, eh, okay, good good for you guys. Um, okay. <laughs> so another team that did not finish well in the standings, but somehow has a hard strength of schedule, the Carolina Panthers. I love it. It's great. It's great here. Um, so their strength of schedule is 12th, and their bye week is 13. So the Panthers, a little... 
it, again, it depends on all. It all depends on Deshaun Watson. If you hear the Browns, just think depends on Deshaun Watson. Um, so they'll they'll open up playing at home against the Browns, then at the New York Giants, and then home to New Orleans, Arizona, and the 49ers. So a tough a tough home stand for the, the Panthers early on in the season, and then they'll be at Los Angeles, home to Tampa Bay, and then at the Falcons, at the Bengals, and then home to Atlanta again. As we talked about, they play each other you know, pretty much back-to-back. And then at Baltimore, and then home to Denver before heading into the bye. Ugh. That's my thoughts. Yeah. I really <laughs> I don't like this schedule for the Panthers. I do think that the Panthers are making the right moves. They're trying to target the areas that are the weakest. They did some work in the O-line, which is the number one spot that they've had to work on for a while now. Hopefully Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy. But that's one of the things where it's like, if you're a playoff team, a late bye week is great. But if you're not a playoff team, and I think we can both agree the Panthers will not be, that's when you need a little bit of a more early to mid, because that's where you can rest Christian McCaffrey a little bit and hopefully keep him durable throughout the year. He's had injury problems for the past two years. I am very worried about if he's going to be as explosive and if he's going to be healthy, even if he does stay explosive, especially playing relentless teams for the most part up until week 13. This could be a very injured season for the Panthers, uh, and I'm not particularly optimistic about many of these games. Yeah, I'm just – what's more important for me as a Panthers fan will be, one, hoping that I can actually wear my Christian McCaffrey jersey without, like, putting it on and wondering why I took him number one in my dynasty uh, fantasy football league and then, like, having him not be useful at all. Uh, and, two, when we can get Matt Corral in. Like, I'm done with the Sam Darnold era. Like, if, if a player – you know how a player plays – after you see him in three years, that's that's kind of an NBA sample size rule. You know what a player is after the first three years, and I feel like we we, we know what Sam Darnold is. I know you, ironically, kind of weirdly, are higher on Sam Darnold than I am. I'm just ready to get Matt Corral in. I don't dislike. I want to see Sam Darnold behind a decent O line. That's all I want to see because he started. Well, it, he'll have his chance. That's for sure. Weeks. The first five or six weeks, we could pull up the recordings, Tom. You really liked the guy because he was doing well. And then the O-line started falling apart. McCaffrey got hurt. That's when things started going downhill. So I don't fully blame him for that. And I want to see him play behind a decent O-line. Yeah, well, you know, thankfully the Panthers made all the right moves in the offseason, in my opinion. And they have done their due diligence in getting a good offensive line. And so, you know, as, as we look at the schedule, they obviously have a very difficult first 12 weeks where there's one team that maybe they're favored against uh, like it's it might be Atlanta like home to Atlanta that's probably about it but then they do get at Seattle then home to Pittsburgh and Detroit before finishing the season on the road against Tampa and New Orleans so they have they come out of their bye with three easier games maybe that's when you start like thinking about Matt Corral if the season's not going well you know I I, I you know what I, I do want to clarify I want Sam Darnold to win like an MVP Prove me wrong. I'd love to see it. I love seeing players prove me wrong when I doubt them. I just don't think that's going to be the case. Well, I sure don't think he's going to win an MVP. I'll give you that. But I, I think he will be better than he was last year. So I do think that this is kind of a, geez, I mean, optimistically, absolute ceiling. This is a six-win six team, more realistically four. Yeah, no, that's 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 about right. Welcome to my purgatory where my two teams are both going to be four-win teams. <laughs> hey, combined, you'll be, uh, let's see, about 60% of mine, team? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Okay, let's move to a team that's a little less sad. So it's the New Orleans Saints. They'll, they, I, I'm honestly really excited for this team. I know we've talked about Jameis Winston. We're huge Jameis Winston fans. And that we, as soon as the Saints made this original signing, 
Um, we were we were both pretty high on him, and then obviously he got injured, and we were you know very disappointed because I think what they were five and two at that point when he got injured, something like that. They were five doing- and three. Yeah, they were doing fairly well. So, you know, they have a really hard schedule at seventh in the NFL and a late bye week. Like, you know, not a great recipe because they, they they don't open with the most difficult schedule, but they certainly do have a very hard schedule about week eight on. So they have uh they'll be on the road against Atlanta, then home to Tampa Bay, and then on the road against Carolina, home to Minnesota, home to Seattle, home to the Bengals, and then on the road against the Cardinals. And then here's where I think the hard stretch starts. It's Las Vegas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, L.A. Rams, San Francisco 49ers, and Tampa Bay. And what's our what's our rule with the Raiders, Tony? Our rule with the Raiders is I don't like the Raiders. No, the the other one. The one we made up last night. Oh, shoot. What, what did we make up last night? I forget. Oh, it was if the easiest team on your schedule is the Raiders, it oh, is not an easy is. schedule. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I remember that one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I know they have Pittsburgh sandwiched in between there, but I just I wanted to make the, the joke about the Raiders because it feels just very fitting. Um, but yeah, that's not a particularly easy schedule from week eight on. I do think they have some easy games. I would imagine Atlanta, Carolina, and Seattle should be wins kind of automatically. And again, Minnesota, Seattle, the international game, I got nothing. I just don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. I'm going to need to see those teams actually play. Um, but then again, like Arizona, you know, Cincinnati, Arizona, those, that is arguably the hardest stretch of their schedule. Yeah. And I, I don't know if Tom might've seen it by now. I don't know. Maybe not uh, earlier today on Twitter, I was uh, scrolling through and I saw a Packers Packers writer saying it was something to the effect of why do the saints uh, keep acting like they have a quarterback. And I had to comment because oddly enough, I'm defending Jameis Winston, which three years ago, I never would have thought I'd be doing, but, uh, I actually do believe in him. I think that if he can stay healthy, this team, even with this difficult schedule, a fringe playoff team is what I would say. Yeah, no, I, I that feels right. I do think that they have a quarterback. I, I genuinely also am on the Jameis Winston train, which again, did not think I was going to be on like three years ago. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> it's a weird state. It's a weird world that we live in. Like I, I, I no, I, I have no idea. I, it's, it's incredible to be supporting him. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely an interesting thing, but this is kind of where it ties back into the they have the late bye week, week 14. If they manage to keep Jameis Winston healthy and if the, the new head coach and all the coaching staff and the team and everything, if everything is going right and they're right on the fringe of the playoffs, they have that week 14 bye. They have a week to kind of recover, sit back, regroup, and then launch into that last four-week stretch, Falcons, Browns, Eagles, Panthers. That's going to be where everything really kind of uh, is make or break is make or break for this team, and I think that they have a really really good shot of going three and one, potentially four and zero oh in those last stretches in that last stretch of games because of that bye week. No, I feel pretty good about the Saints being a playoff team, and those I do think that those four games are going to be incredibly important, and they probably may need to go three and one or four and zero oh to make the playoffs, given how difficult that schedule is. Yeah, I agree, and that's where the, that's why that bye week is just going to be so important. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to uh, another difficult <laughs> schedule. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They actually possess the fourth most difficult schedule in the NFL with a another late bye week. So I know that for the Buccaneers, because like you said, the playoff teams probably favor the later bye. They do have a later bye. I, you know, my conspiracy theory is that they got the later bye like the second Tom Brady announced that he was unretiring. I think that their, their schedule looks dramatically different um, as far as 
the amount of primetime games they're going to get if Tom Brady had stayed retired, which I pray that he would just because I don't need to see Tom Brady win another Super Bowl. And I have a, a terrible feeling he just might. Yeah, this schedule is definitely an interesting one. We'll run through in a second. But once we run through it, I do have an interesting observation and a little bit of a conspiracy that I would like to throw out there as well. Do you want to do it now? I mean, we can if you'd like. If we want to start with it, looking at this schedule, one thing that I did notice, so you have Dallas, Dak Prescott, Green Mm -hmm. Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. You have... Don't forget J-Bo in week two. Well, hold on a second. You have Baltimore, Lamar, Los Angeles, Matt Stafford. You have the Browns, Deshaun, uh, the Bengals, Joe Burrow, Arizona, Kyler Murray. These are all guys that you're looking at, and a lot of people are pegging each of these guys as either the great quarterbacks of the future, or if it's like Aaron Rodgers, you know, the great quarterback of now. And I think the NFL really changed the schedule once Tom Brady announces uh, kind of unretiring, because I think they wanted to kind of get as many of these elite quarterback matchups as possible because it's going to be a huge views generator. Everybody knows the quarterback's the most important piece to the puzzle on the field, and they really just kind of tried to highlight as many great quarterbacks as they could. I would have liked to see the Bills and Josh Allen be in here uh, if that's what they were going to be continuing to do, but I think they got a lot of them, and I think that's what they were kind of trying to do because now that he retired once, maybe this is really his last year and they wanted to just get as many of these guys in as possible one last time. Well, uh, I, I love putting on my tinfoil hat as much as the next guy, but I don't think the NFL changed the opponents. I think what, what I was referring to when I said the NFL changed the schedule was the when they played, and you know, obviously the prime time, how, how many 8-20 games, you know, how many 8 p.m. games the teams got, respectively. Because, you know, the Buccaneers have... You know, I believe we did Sunday night football the other night. They have a lot of, of Sunday night, Monday night football games. So that's what I was more referring to. We've known the opponents for a while, but I do think that, you know, it is it is nice for the NFL that there are now a ton of prime time slot games for the Buccaneers to be playing in. Yeah, they definitely do. They were tied for first, right? They have five. I believe so. If we okay, so. hold on a second. Quite a few teams that do have five. I think that the Bucks have to be in there. It's like Bucks, Packers, I think Bills are in there. Like So yeah, they have the- five. Teams. Yeah, a lot of the elite teams are up there, and, and I, I think without Brady, they'd probably be closer to maybe three. I would zero. Have to I, I mean, zero. Well, there's no chance they would have zero. This is way too good of a team outside of Brady to have zero. No, I'll take zero. I'll No I'll, chance. Closer to zero than to five. The Jets have one. It's because it's New York, though. Yeah, but still, the Jets Market have Market bias. The Bucks would have less than two. Eh... I don't know. I don't think that they're going to have a ton of prime. I, I would not. Okay, I will tune in because I consume all things NFL. I would not look forward to tuning into the Buck, the Bradyless Bucks, as nearly nearly as much. I would. Brady's not the Brady's not the success of that team. That team is just great. Eh. Okay, let's go to the, their actual schedule and break down the actual schedule instead of making conspiracies about it. Um, okay, so at Dallas, at the New Orleans Saints, and then home to the Packers in Kansas City and then Atlanta. So, you know, that is a tough opening four games for Tampa Bay. They need to be in in, in peak shape going into those four games just, just to kind of make it through 500. Um, then next, they'll have Atlanta on the road against Pittsburgh and Carolina, and then three difficult games. Well... Actually, I take it back. Two difficult games at home against Baltimore and then Los Angeles, and then they'll be internationally on the road against Seattle, and then they'll have their Week 11 bye. 
Yeah, they're definitely going to have to get through those first four. If they can get through those first four, they really only have to get past the Rams. I don't think the Ravens are going to be that much of a struggle. But I think that they could, optimistically, I think they go two and two through those first four. I just don't see how they can go. I don't think that I don't see how they can go four and zero through those through that first weeks. Maybe one hundred percent. Maybe three and one if you're really good. I'm going to give them three. You know, I don't even know if I can give them three and one. I yeah, I think two, some sort of combination of two and two feels appropriate. Yeah, I'm going to go with two and two, and then after that, that's where they're going to start picking up these games. I think they win out uh, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Baltimore. They're going to win four, so I'm going to say six and two. I think they lose to the Rams six and three, and then beat the Seahawks, so seven and three going into the bye. Yeah, no, I can definitely see them having a pretty strong performance going into the bye. But things do not get easier for them. So coming out of the bye, they'll be at Cleveland and then home to the New Orleans Saints on the road against the 49ers, then home to the Bengals on the road against Arizona. So they have a lot of zigzagging back and forth from the, the West Coast, which might be problematic just because of the time zone jumps that does mess with teams sometimes, especially if they're playing in, say, the, the 1 p.m. slot and you're an Eastern Coast team playing in a West Coast game and the 1 p.m., it's kind of going to mess mess with you a little bit. And then, of course, you're going to have Arizona at Arizona, then home to the Panthers and at the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I see this team at the end of the year being... I think 11 or 12 wins. Yeah, I, I think I can see a pretty strong performance there. I think yeah. I don't I don't hate I don't that. Know. I do think we're going to see them regress. I I don't I don't know if I give them 13. I certainly don't think I give them 14. I think 11 or 12 feels right. Yeah. Favorites to win the division for sure. Yes. All right, so let's move on to the NFC West. It's our last division, guys. We've almost made it through. Uh, for those of you just joining us, we're breaking down the AFC, well, excuse me, the NFC schedule. We did the AFC yesterday, and well, it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy these just because I love that the schedule comes out. It's kind of a big event because it's just it's so interesting how much the order of these games and when they're played changes, kind of how you look at the schedule. And so I think that this is just this is a lot of fun. I always enjoy looking at the schedule when the schedule release comes out. So let's look at the Arizona Cardinals. So they'll host Kansas City in Week One, and then on the road to the against the Raiders, then home to the Rams. Again, not not an easy three game stretch there. If you're, what's the rule, Tony? Uh, this is definitely another tough one. I mean, the Cardinals. I expect to see a regression from them. I don't know how the Raiders are going to play because they're always such a wild card. They seem to generally start out the year very, very strong, go on kind of a four or five week tear where everybody's like, oh, maybe they're finally legit. And then they kind of fall apart towards the end a little bit. I don't know if we see that again this year. So I think that the Cardinals could potentially go one and two in these first three weeks. I mean, yeah, that's what happens when the Raiders are your the easiest team in the part of your schedule. I mean, this is the second artist schedule in the NFL. Like yeah. that is going to significantly impact them. That is something that's interesting because the NFC West, much like the NFC East, is a very well known division for a slightly different reason. Okay, you know, maybe the exact opposite reason. Literally, football <laughs> close, and so it makes sense that as a whole, looking at the. Uh, the strength of schedule for this division, they definitely have the hardest overall schedules in the NFL. Arizona is strength of schedule second, and then you know the Rams are strength of schedule first. They have the most difficult schedule. Strength of schedule fifth for the Niners, so fifth most difficult. And then the Seahawks have the easiest schedule, and they're still eleven. So uh, the NFL is really trying to test this division as a whole. 
And it, you know, it makes sense that Arizona is going to have a really, really tough schedule after their performance last year as a regressing team. I believe they are. I think that this is going to be really, really, really tough for them to do well, especially like they were last year. I think the Cardinals are actually going to be jockeying with the Seahawks for worst team in the division. And like we said last year, not to say the Cardinals are a bad team, just that all the other teams are so good except Seattle. I don't think they'll be jockeying for last. I do think that the Cardinals will probably, I think it's Rams 49ers, then Cardinals, then Seattle. So, you know, maybe not jockeying for fourth, but they'll definitely be, they'll definitely be in the basement. Um, Okay. So after those three games, they'll be on the road against the Panthers, then home to the Eagles on the road against Seattle, home to the Saints on the road against Minnesota, home to Seattle, uh, and then at the Los Angeles Rams, home to the 49ers, which, is, as we, we talked about already, is an international game, and then home to the Chargers. That is, you know, that in particular is going to be a tough three-game stretch for them, too, as they head into their Week 13 bye week. Absolutely, yeah. It is it is clear why this is such a difficult schedule for them, because they do have little tiny pockets of, uh, you know, kind of not the best teams. like Not hard, weeks, yeah. Yeah, like Weeks 4, 5, and 6, you have the Panthers, the Eagles, the Seahawks, and the Eagles, I think, are going to be good. But in comparison to the rest of the schedule, not as good as, like, the Rams uh, and, you know, the Rams again, the Niners, the Chargers. Like, they're not quite that level. But when you have little stretches of games that you can look to and be like, oh, finally, we've made it here, and one of those teams is still the Eagles, you got a tough schedule. Oh, absolutely. And you want to know how much easier it gets in, in the last five weeks? Not much, but let's hear it. Yeah, not not at all. Maybe harder. Um, so they'll, they'll play home against the Patriots and at Denver, home to Tampa Bay, on the road against Atlanta, which is their only easy matchup, and then at the uh, on the road against the 49ers to close out their season. Woof. Yeah. 9-8. and eight. This, is, this is certainly a team that I think could be fairly decent. Even if they would do regress, I think they're going to be a decent team. But with this kind of a schedule, we might see sub-500 from this team. Yeah, nine, I feel like 9-8. and eight, I, I think absolute max is probably a 10-win team. And that yeah. is that's saying something. Max. That would be a really impressive schedule. Or impressive season. Absolute max is a ten. I think absolute low is like a six or seven. Like and that's yeah, very very easily. But gosh, look at these teams. It's just phenomenal the teams that they're playing. No, it's it's not it's not a detriment to the Cardinals that we aren't very confident in them. It's just because they have such a tough schedule. And yeah. speaking of teams with a tough schedule that I'm a little less confident in than maybe last season, the Los Angeles Rams. So obviously, Tony and I, you know, if you go listen to previous episodes in the archives, the team that we said was going to win the Super Bowl were the Los Angeles Rams, and I'm looking at it right now. As soon as I did that episode with Tony, I wrote an article for the Notre, for Notre Dame's The Observer, and I have it framed on my desk, and it's just Tom's Willer, Rams to win Super Bowl, and that, you know, since, hashtag since August. We've, we, we love the Rams here, but even with all that love, because they have the hardest schedule in the NFL in an early bye week, I don't feel great about their season. I don't feel great about them repeating as Super Bowl champs or even Super Bowl contenders, but I will say that if you can make it comfortably to the playoffs after playing this regular season— you actually might have an advantage because you've played a lot of the teams that you're probably going to see again. I will say I expect them to be contenders. I just don't feel confident in them. Uh, like, I guess I'm when I, I'm struggling to look for it. I don't. I feel confident in being contenders. I still expect them to win this division, but it is going to be a slog for them. It's not going to be as easy as it was last year. That's for sure. 
Yeah, so they open against Buffalo, and that'll be, you know, that's the, the first game of the season. It'll be an incredible game. I'm incredibly excited for that. Uh, then they'll be taking on the Falcons and then on the road against Arizona and the 49ers, two road trips against divisional foes, and then hosting Dallas and Carolina. So that first stretch doesn't seem too bad. I would probably expect them to be 4-2 and two going into their Week 7 bye. Yeah, going, I mean, let's see. Buffalo, that's going to be a tough one. Atlanta's a win. Arizona's a win. Niners, Cowboys, I think five and one is the ceiling. I think five and one is, I think six and oh is the ceiling. It's like a very high, like, yeah, and and absolutely. I think this is a phenomenal team. So I think that it could drop one of the bills right out of the gate. I think they beat the Falcons. I think they beat the Cardinals. The Niners have a little bit of a history starting out a little slow. So I am kind of worried for them being only week four. Uh, in their later matchup, that could turn. But over the past couple of years, they have started out a little bit slow. Uh, obviously, there's been injuries mm-hmm. in, in that as well. So that's kind of part of it. The Cowboys, I think, are going to be kind of one of – it's going to be one of those games where the Cowboys come into it as powerhouse and then kind of are a little bit disappointing. So I think the Rams could take that one. And then the Panthers are not an issue. Yep. So I think 5-1 and one is a fairly realistic thing. 4-2, and two, very understandable. You could have just left it at the Panthers. Like, I didn't need to hear not an issue. That was just mean. Um, okay, so after their bye week, they'll be hosting the 49ers and doing a little quick trip to the Bay and then home to the Cardinals on the road against the Saints and Kansas City. So that is a particularly, like, welcome back from the bye week. That is a, a tough five games. And then they'll be hosting Seattle and the Raiders and then the on the road against the Packers, home to the Broncos, and then at Los Angeles, the Chargers, which my game of the year just because I love the in-stadium, in-state rivalry. It's going to be just an absolute thriller. And then, of course, at Seattle. Yeah, this is going to be a very tough schedule. I think that optimistically, absolute ceiling, we're going to see 12 wins out of this team. More realistically, 10 or 11. Yeah, I think I I was going to say probably my ceiling is 12 and, you know, Average simulation is probably like eleven. So yeah, basement. I'm gonna say nine. Basement. That's like that's like somebody gets injured. That's that's integral with the team. Yeah, that's like absolute worst case scenario. So even if it's worst case scenario, nine and eight, you're still looking for a wild card. Uh, but we'll have to see. Yeah. So the team that I think is best equipped to challenge the Rams, the 49ers, so they'll have the fifth hardest. So not not easy life in the NFC West with a week nine bye. So they'll be taking on Chicago on the road to start their season and then home to Seattle. Like, so I would expect two wins to open up their season and they'll have a challenge in week three against Denver prime time, the mile high city, and then home to the Rams at, and then nice, nice little pocket of games here at Carolina at Atlanta. I would expect wins there and then home to Kansas city, which will be a, an absolute great game. And then at Los Angeles, and then they hit their nine week bye. I feel confident about them being above 500 through this neck of the woods. I don't know about that just because really if if they start out slow and I also don't know how the Broncos are going to be the Broncos could be fantastic the Broncos could not really be anything you know amazing we'll have to see hmm. I think 4 4 and 4 feels like a safe I, safe call Well so here's here's the math I'm doing I'm giving them Chicago, Seattle, Carolina and Atlanta I'm giving them those four and then okay. I think they can go 50. I think they'll probably split with the Rams just because I feel like the 49ers have performed pretty good against the Rams. I could be wrong here, but was it not Sean McVay's first win last season against uh, Kyle Shanahan in the NFC Championship game? 
That it might have been. It w- he at the very least does not have a great record against Kyle Shanahan, so I want to give it a split. So that's how I'm kind of getting to like four and four is like the floor, and maybe five and three is more realistic. And you know, if you want to be aggressive, six and two. I think I'd give him five and three. Okay, yeah, that's that's really what I was looking for. I was kind of surprised when you said four and four is the most realistic no, that, option. It was just part of my math. I was just that was that was a step, not a final answer. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, fair enough. Uh, math is is not a not a strong suit. <laughs> uh, okay, so coming out of the bye week, the charge they'll play the Chargers and then Arizona, the Saints, Miami, Tampa Bay. Yeah, welcome back from the bye week. Um, and then at Seattle, Washington, Las Vegas, and Arizona. So. It's the fifth. It's the fifth hardest schedule for a reason. Like this is not a cupcake schedule. Yeah, but luckily after this bye week, that's usually where they kind of start to pick up, anyways. So, you know, once you really start kind of figuring out yourself as a team, which the Niners always seem to start a little bit slow but end very, very strong. Uh, I think that they could take down the Chargers. They can beat the Cardinals. They can beat the Saints. They can beat the Dolphins. They are going to have a tough time of it with the Buccaneers. I don't think they win that one. They can they can sweep the Seahawks out of the water. Commander shouldn't be an issue. Raiders shouldn't be an issue. Cardinals that could be another one that they could go they could go two and zero against them this year. I think that they could actually do very well in the back half, only losing to the Bucks at Sealand. It's all about staying healthy with the 49ers. and like if you yep. go like odd year odd year even year odd year even year, like this is the year that they should be healthy. Great analysis. And ladies and gentlemen, the analysis you get listening to the touchdown rundown. Well, they were injured, really injured last year. So like they should not be injured this year. We'll see. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's finish out our schedule previews with the Seattle Seahawks. So as we've said a couple of times, they host Denver, First game of the season. I can't wait. Tickets, ladies and gentlemen, tickets are as low as $307. So go get them. They're so cheap. Arm and a leg. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll actually demand that at the door if you don't have the fare. Um, and then they'll be on the road at the 49ers, then home to Atlanta, at Detroit, at uh, the Saints, and then home to Arizona, at the Chargers, home to New York, at Arizona again, and then uh, home to Tampa Bay. Yeah, and just an interesting note to kind of kick back to the uh... – the Seattle-Denver game, that stadium is nearly sold out already, so you better get your tickets fast. <laughs> yeah, there'll be more. There'll be 407. <laughs> yeah. But this is definitely going to be a tough schedule for them, not so much because it's an inherently tough schedule because it's not a particularly great team anymore. They're only real kind of, I don't even want to say guaranteed wins, but more realistic wins are going to be like your Falcons, Lions games, maybe your Giants. Uh, other than I that, feel confident about the Giants being more than I almost want to say the Giants more than maybe the Falcons. I don't know. I think all of those teams are kind of in the same tier. I just don't have. I do not have a lot of faith in Daniel Jones. So that'll be that'll, that's my biggest reason. Either of them, honestly, I really don't like either of them as a team. I think that the Seahawks are going to be worse than they were last year, but I don't think they're going to be, you know, that bad. I think they're a tier above these teams, maybe slightly, but most of these ever teams so slightly dropping games do the Broncos, the Niners, the Saints, the Cardinals. You, if you're, if you're, if you're killing it, you're going to split with the Cardinals, and if that's the best you're doing, you're losing to most of these other teams. Yeah, no, and to continue that theme of losing to most of the other teams, it's it's it really is what happens when you have the eleventh hardest schedule in the NFL. They'll be playing against the Raiders, the Rams, the Panthers, the 49ers, the Chiefs, uh, the Jets, and then 
close out against the Rams. So like not counting the Jets because the Jets are the easiest team in any part of the schedule that they're in. You know, if, if you discard the Jets, if the easiest team you have in your schedule is Carolina, no, that's also not particularly an easy schedule. So I, I do think that Seattle is going to have a very poor record this year. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a bad one. I'll give them four, uh, four wins on the year, maybe five if they do well against the Raiders. We'll see. Yeah, no, we will. All right, so thank you guys for listening. We hope you really enjoyed this episode. And if you want, if you really enjoyed the coverage, we encourage you guys to go back to our AFC schedule breakdown. I really enjoyed doing that. And I feel hopefully, you know, our job is to get you guys as prepared as we can for the NFL season. It it may feel like it's kind of far away, but as we get closer and closer, like it feels like it speeds up. We already have the schedule and we're going to continue to do really good analysis for you the best we can. Next up, we'll have, you know, we'll have a couple of deep dive episodes. Those are when we really go in, we study the rosters, we study the roster moves made. We break down the schedule on like a, a positional strength basis. And we try and give you our, our win predictions for each of the teams. But Tony, do you want to tease the next episode that we'll do sometime this week? Oh, the next episode that we're going to be doing soon is actually the debate episode, and I don't know if we're going to be making that our entire show or just a segment. I would be okay with either one, but that's definitely going to be an interesting one. Do we want to tease the topic? I think we should. I I think we should should tease the topic. So the topic is, and and I'm not going to say who's arguing for each side. You're going to have to tune into the real episode for that one, is when you're building a defense, should you focus more on your secondary or your line? Yeah, and we'll have a third well the third party as a guest that'll actually jump in and, and kinda answer it for us. So yep. that ought to be a really fun one. Yep. And once we start getting into the deep dives, we will of course see the return of the Zelo model again this Yep. Um I'll be working on it tonight as I adjust all the uh the games as we kinda now have finally have the order. So thanks for tuning in guys. We hope that you really enjoyed the show and that we will see you next week when we do our debate episode. Have a great night, everybody. Take care. <laughs>